0: Hey, welcome today to the Revival Way podcast. I am your host, evangelist, Taylin Michael. Today, we're gonna pump you up full of the word of God to get you delivered out of any work of the enemy and to get you empowered and activated to go out and build the kingdom of God with full faith and no hindrance in the mighty name of Jesus. Enjoy. I didn't feel like I was adequate at all to share the good news. But a year later, I received what's called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I became submerged in the power of God the same way Jesus was when the heavens opened up and the Holy Spirit came upon him. I received that same thing. And from that day forward, I haven't been able to stop talking about Jesus. Welcome back to Faith Fridays. Again, I'm your host, Talon, and today I want to pack you full of a few minutes of faith when it comes to what is known as the anointing in the Bible. Now, a famous preacher back in the day gave this description for the anointing. He said, when it comes to the anointing, you don't quite know what it is, but you know when it ain't. So the anointing is so radical, so multidimensional and so powerful that it's almost hard to explain into words outside of the way that scriptures express it. So if you would turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 16, we're going to look at a few times in the Old Testament where we see the anointing come into play. Now if I had to use natural verbiage to try and explain what the anointing is. I would explain it as being the manifest power of God on an individual. And you're going to learn here quickly what I mean. First Samuel chapter 16, we'll just start at verse 1. The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you grieve over Saul? So this is after the anointing or the Spirit of God left Saul. Since I have rejected him from being king over Israel, fill your horn with oil and go. I will send you to Jesse, the Bethlehemite, for I have provided for myself a king among his sons. I'm going to stop you right there. In the Old Testament, we see three different types of people that are anointed or chosen by God. These are the prophets, the priests, and the king. That's very important to know. So David is getting ready to be anointed as king. Starting in verse 2. And Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hears it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, Take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. And invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what you shall do. And you shall anoint for me him whom I declare to you. Samuel did what the Lord commanded and came to Bethlehem. The elders of the city came to meet him, trembling, and said, Did you come peaceably? And he said, Peaceably, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they came, he looked at Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees, this is huge, not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Now go on a few more scriptures ahead to verse 12. And he sent and brought him in. Now he had sent for David because all the other sons the Lord had rejected. Now he was ruddy and had beautiful eyes and was handsome. Much like DJ, the one who edits these videos. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the spirit of the Lord rushed upon David. If you could put that in the comments, this is huge. And the spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. And Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. Now let's go over to uh, 1 Kings Chapter 19. We're going to look at one more case, verse 15. And the Lord says to him, Go, return on your way to the wilderness. He's talking to Elijah here, of Damascus. And when you arrive, you shall anoint Haziel to be king over Israel. And Jehu the son of Nimshi, you shall anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha the son of Shaphat, of Abel Mahola, you shall anoint to be a prophet in your place. Now hop on back over to the Old or New Testament. Go to Acts chapter 10 with me. Acts chapter 10. And we're going to get into what the anointing looks like even closer to a modern day example. See... When I first got born again, I wasn't aware of how important it was to have the anointing or the manifest presence of God on my life. But you see in the Old Testament and the New Testament that when the Spirit of the Lord comes upon individuals who God chooses, and remember God, just like we saw with David, he doesn't look on outward appearance and make judges by that. He looks at a man or a woman's heart. He sees if your heart is sold out for him. And by having a pure heart and clean hands, God will anoint your life to bring people into the kingdom. There's one thing that any minister that's that's pressed into the anointing can tell you. It is impossible to be a minister of the gospel effectively without carrying the anointing or the power of God. So what does it look like to have the anointing come on your life? Look at Acts chapter 10 verse 38. This is Peter talking to the Gentiles. He said how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. So when you're anointed, what happens? You receive the Holy Spirit and power different but the same. The Holy Spirit always comes on you with power. What do we know from my past teachings? I've mentioned how there's three instances, the same Holy Spirit but three instances that you see in the Bible when it comes to the presence of the Holy Spirit and who he is. In John chapter 14, Jesus explains that the disciples know the Holy Spirit because he's dwelt among them, but he shortly tells them, "Soon he will come to live within you." The Holy Spirit couldn't live within them yet because Jesus has not resurrected. But when Jesus resurrects, we see in John chapter 20, Jesus breathes on the disciples and he says, receive ye the Holy spirit. That's why in first John chapter two, verse 27, we see John explain that there's an anointing that abides in you and that anointing in you will teach you all things. So here's the thing about the anointing. As we've seen the parallels in the scripture in Acts chapter 10 and 1 Samuel chapter 16 and in 2 Kings or 1 Kings, I believe, we see the same uh, uh, correlation when it comes to the Holy Ghost and the anointing. It is power and it's the spirit of God. Together, The Holy Spirit brings the power. So the Holy Spirit inside of you, when you're born again, the anointing inside of you, the Holy Spirit anointing, same thing. The anointing inside of you in 1 John chapter 2, verse 27, says that he will abide in you and teach you all things. But there's another instance that we see in Luke chapter 3. Go to Luke chapter 3 with me. And this is played out perfectly in Jesus' life. Because if you think about it, how was Jesus conceived? He was born of a virgin, but how was Mary pregnant? It says that the Holy Spirit came upon her and she was impregnated by the Spirit of God. So Jesus was already born of the Spirit, the same way that we are born of the Spirit when we're born again. But in Luke chapter 3, we see Jesus get baptized. And this is when the anointing came upon him. Now, if you re- realize anything about Jesus' life, all the way from the ages of about 12 until he was 30, they had documented how he would teach and preach in the synagogues. Remember how they went to Jerusalem and they lost him for three days because he, was, he already had the anointing in him because that's how he was conceived. Obviously, he was God. He's the Son of God. He was conceived by the Spirit of God. And so he already had that anointing in him that taught him all things. That's why he was in the temples and the synagogues. He was teaching the religious leaders already from a young age. But when he got to the age of 30, we saw the Holy Spirit come upon him with power. Luke chapter 3 verse 21. Now when all the people were baptized and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heavens Opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven You are my beloved Son, with you I am well pleased. Hop over one more chapter Luke chapter 4, verse 18. So we saw that he was anointed with the Holy Spirit in that moment. The heavens opened. The Holy Spirit came upon him and anointed him. And immediately it drove him in. He, the Holy Spirit, drove him into the wilderness to be tested and to fast. To press in and to increase the power on his life. But when he comes back from the wilderness, this is what he says in Luke chapter 4 verse 18. So this is what the anointing does for you in ministry. This is why the anointing is on your life. Write this down in your notes. Verse 18, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me. When you are anointed, that means the spirit of God is upon you to proclaim good news to the poor, to set, or to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty, those who are oppressed and to proclaim the year of Of The Lord's favor and then we see immediately the rest of that chapter that Jesus goes on to heal the sick to cleanse the leper to cast out devils and then eventually to raise the dead. So the power of God or the anointing of God that comes upon you is to give you power. If you remember in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 Jesus said that when the Holy Ghost comes upon you you will be endued with power. So that power is actually what you need because right after he said, then you will be my witnesses to Jerusalem, to Judea and to the ends of the earth. The anointing is the manifest power of God on an individual's life. For example, I'll share about my own story. When I first got uh, baptized with water, The Holy Spirit came to live inside of me because I'd given my life to Jesus. So the anointing was abiding in me, but I had no power on my life. And for the next year, I didn't lead anybody to Jesus. I barely spoke about Jesus. I would read my Bible a little bit, but nothing changed. I didn't feel like I was adequate at all to share the good news. But a year later, I received what's called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I became submerged in the power of God the same way Jesus was when the Heavens opened up and the Holy Spirit came upon him. I received that same thing, and from that day forward, I haven't been able to stop talking about Jesus. And when I would lay hands on the sick, they would get healed. I would watch people with broken limbs have their limbs restored. People with blood clots in their legs, it would disappear. We've cast out devils. We've seen sick people healed, and one day we're going to see the dead raised. But one thing that really stuck out to me was my preaching ability. I'd never had the gift of preaching. But when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the anointing... Power came on my life that every time I'd open my mouth about the Bible, people would listen to me. I didn't know why. I didn't know what was happening. All I knew is that when I spoke, people listened. And that is what the anointing on your life will do. The anointing comes onto your life, number one, to give you power. Number two, to share the power of God with other people. And number three, to bring dominion to the kingdom of God. God anoints men and women to go take territory for the kingdom of God. That's why Jesus said when Peter acknowledged that he was the Christ, the word Christ means the anointed one and his anointing. The word Christ refers to the anointing. So Jesus said, blessed are you Simon amongst men, flesh and blood did not give that to you, but it must have been revealed by my father. And upon this rock, I will build my church. Now that had multiple meanings. Upon the rock being Peter, he would start his church by Peter. Peter's name also meant rock. Number two, upon the rock of the revelation that Jesus was the Christ. And what does that mean? Upon the anointing. The anointed one and his anointing is what that word Christ means. It wasn't Jesus's last name. And Jesus said, I will build my church upon this rock and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. When you build a ministry upon the rock, of the anointing of God, the gates of hell will never prevail against it. So, with the anointing. We don't quite know what it is, but we know how it works and we see how it works throughout the scriptures and what it'll look like in your life. God is no respecter of men. When you press into the anointing, as we see in the Bible, what happened for them can happen for you. If you hunger and you thirst, God will touch your life in a powerful, powerful way. He will anoint you today to go out and bring good news to the poor, liberty to the captives, sight to the blind, and to set free those who are oppressed. you proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So at this very moment, I want to give you an opportunity. If while I was speaking, you felt a stirring in your heart. You knew that Number one, maybe you've never given your life to Jesus. Or number two, maybe you gave your life to Jesus, but you felt yourself fall away. You know you haven't been living the way that you should. If Jesus came back right now, would you be able to look him in the eye and say, I've done my best. I've sought you diligently. I've died to myself. If you're not in that position, I want to give you an opportunity right now to get right with God. And I just want you to pray this prayer with me. If that's you, you can just close your eyes. You can lift up your hand and come into a position. Of surrender before God. The Lord will use you today. And even if you don't need to get right with God. But you want more in your life. I want you to pray with me. God will anoint you this very moment. If you want the anointing of God on your life. I want you to pray with me. Say God. I believe your word. And your word says. In Romans chapter 10. If I believe in my heart. And confess with my mouth. Jesus is the Son of God. He died for me. He rose again from the grave. And that He is Lord, that I will be saved. So Heavenly Father, I ask for forgiveness right now of all my past transgressions. I repent today. I turn away from my old life. And I confess with my mouth, Jesus is Lord and He is my Savior. Wash me clean. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Make me a new creation. Fill me with your Spirit and anoint my head today. Father, I call on your power to anoint me to bring the good news everywhere that I go. Today, I receive salvation by the grace of God through my faith in your son. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you just said that prayer with me, first thing I want you to do is get your hands on a Bible. You got to get the word of God inside of your spirit. Jesus said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the Father. This word is life. It is spirit and it is truth. It will fill you up and it will feed you every single day that you read it. I suggest you start reading in the book of John to grasp the narrative of Jesus's life. And then you can branch out through there as you build a relationship with the Holy Spirit. It says that the anointing that's in you now will teach you all things. Next thing, I want you to make sure if you don't already follow this Instagram or YouTube account, follow us on social media and plug into these teachings. They are huge. They will fill you full of faith and they will help you to build yourself up in the knowledge and wisdom of God. Also, we encourage you to plug into a local church. Find a Holy Ghost-filled church that preaches the word. They don't compromise God's rules, God's laws, and God's word. And they preach the power of the alive and active spirit of God. Other than that, I love you, and I will see you next week on Faith Friday. God bless.